Hello, and welcome to A Journey Through Fantasy. On this episode, we'll be covering chapters 1 through 10 of The Autumn Republic, book 3 in the Powder Mace Trilogy by Brian McClellan. My name is Patrick. And I'm Billy Peppers. Billy Peppers, also known as Matt. <laughs> and here we are, starting a new book, back together again. So yeah, we are here with The Autumn Republic, book 3. This is the this is the finale. We are we're in the end game now. We are Brian McClellan better sh- you know put up or shut up at this point. Uh he's he's putting up in my yeah, experience. He's put, yeah, he's opinion. putting up. But mm-hmm. babe, but it's always harder to wrap it up than it is to not wrap it up, I guess. <laughs> didn't did, didn't we learn that in seventh grade in sex ed? Oh yeah. <laughs> seventh grade, I learned it in third. <laughs> I'm just surprised we got any. Listen, we had them chickens that had them crazy hormones. uh, And so people (laughs) were going crazy out there in the county. I will Um, say that from our school's perspective, y'all school, every one of the county schools had like their thing. Yeah. Y'all school was having kids. Yeah, that was a thing. Thank you. I think that passed on to another school in the county since we since we've moved on, but but yeah, yeah, you're right. Um uh but yeah, here we go. We're gonna start off this autumn republic. We're gonna get in, we're gonna get it. Uh chapter one. So Tamas has made it to uh Adipest. Um and uh he is inspecting the rubble uh of you know some of these churches that uh the Brudanians and uh uh Claremont, Lord Claremont have uh have destroyed. Um and you know he he doesn't like it. I mean he I mean he doesn't really know what's going on to the, too much of an extent. Like he he hasn't uh met with anybody. He's kind of having to run around in the shadows because him after uh he and his crew saw the fires or whatever they thought the city was burning. Uh, him and Laura and Olam hightailed it, and so they they don't have an army with them. So he's kind of having to sneak his way through um, his own city, basically. Yeah, I mean, one of the last lines of the last book was that Adipus was burning. So, yeah, you know, this it opens up and kind of answers the cliffhanger immediately. You know, yeah, we we had talked. We kind of yeah, we had suspected that you know it was just you know the the burning they saw was from the churches, but. We didn't know for sure. So, yeah, I mean, it, w- it would have been a nice little kind of pulling the rug out from under you to the reader, which I would have appreciated. You yeah. know, w- you know, anytime you can, anytime the reader has knowledge that the character doesn't, you know, it's a, it's a neat thing. But if you can take it, if you can take that and then twist it to where what the reader thought it was really wasn't what it was, that's a mm-hmm. cool thing. And he could have done it. Um but I, I mean, that would I'm have been not a gonna... pretty big. That would have been a pretty big plot point, though. Yeah, yeah, it didn't fit. It didn't fit, and so I'm, I'm not going to dock in points for for not doing. But that. also, just... we've read ten chapters, so you know, that perspective might be from the fact that it wouldn't fit from the ten chapters we've read because yeah, cl- clearly it wouldn't. It it wouldn't have. Well, yeah, and and it it it, it really wouldn't have fit with what was going with what led up to it either in the last book. So, um, True. but they, uh, they then they're talking about how they, you know, he wishes he had brought his powder mages with him, um, but he didn't. And Olam had mentions, I think it was Olam mentions the school that Saban had started up, which I completely had forgotten about. Mm-hmm. He set it up in promise of blood and I had forgotten all about that. Um, I had too. So, Before we get to that though. Um, yeah. This uh, it does mention how long it's been since the end of the last book, so he doesn't just he doesn't just you know appear in Oedipus. It's been two weeks since um, he woke up. Yeah. Um, so and, so from Tamis's perspective, his right. his perspective is a two week gap. Right. Two week. That's a good point. So two weeks. You know, that's the only thing we have basis in at this point. You know, two weeks yeah. since the end of the story from Tamis's perspective. Yeah. Um, so before we get into the training camp, um, this is brought up because Tamis wants some more resources because he doesn't know what's happened here. 
and he thinks everybody is a suspect. Like he is in specifically uh, Ricky Teabag. Like he's the one who he like. Tamas thinks that he's behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't know who to trust at all. Right, and so he wants forces to accompany him. Uh, the rifle jacks were mentioned, and then, uh, like you said, Olin mentioned Savon's trainees. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so he wants a force to be around him, you know, when he goes to interrogate somebody or shows up to somebody's place. And another thing I had, I was kind of like, I didn't quite understand. I think it's just plot armor. But, uh, you know, they talked about the uh, privileged patrolling the city. Mm-hmm. And we know that uh, powder may just show up when a privilege has their third eye, you know, open. Yeah, yeah. So I don't understand why or how uh, these privileges that are running patrols in the city would not have their third. They would have to have not had their third eye open to not see Tamas, I, I think. Or and, Bora, or uh, I guess not Olam. Oh, Olam's knacked, so. Yeah, I think which it doesn't excuse it. Anytime you have to come up with a reasoning in your head that the book doesn't explain, that's the book should explain that kind of stuff. Um, well, in a way, I mean, the book, the authors should not, um, you know, they should, what's the wording I'm trying to think of? They, they should give the reader credit, you know, mm-hmm. but in this instance, I think it's a negative. But what I was gonna say is I think the, the idea is that, all the powder mages are are assumed to have either been killed with uh, Tamis and or uh, they could be at the front line. So I'm thinking, but, and I'm thinking uh, that the, those privileges aren't thinking that there is a threat in Adipest proper. So I agree with that, but um, wouldn't they be? wouldn't they have their third eye open to see other privileged? Like, because they would see other privileged, they would be using that to scout out other privileged. You know, if they're being scouts, you, yeah. you would think that that's what they're doing. Um, yeah, you're right. Um, so, and that's that's where the thought came in my head, not from, you know, finding Tamis. I was like, well, why aren't, well, it was that. And then I thought to myself, you know, uh, just kind of pass it off. But I was also thinking, you know, They'd be searching for other privilege as well, or at least I would think they would be. Yeah, yeah. And so, it's by coincidence, they would or like they would tangentially, you know, find Tamas. Yeah, um, I mean that's a good point. I mean, I I think, um, yeah, that that's kind of probably like an over, either it's plot armor or it's oversight. And I would imagine yeah. oversight. Um, but yeah, so you know, talking about Sabon School, they decide to go there. They they go to to, to Sabon School uh, that he had started, and um, they like kind an of hour walk out of town, so it's a ways away. Yeah, yeah, it, and um, they uh, kind of when they get close to it, they uh, they kind of split up, kind of flank, kind of flanking it a little bit. Like Tamis is coming head on and. Olam and Vlor are going off to the sides. And the reason they do that is because they open their third eye and they don't sense any magic inside. Yeah, yeah. So they suspect right. something's up. There's not, not a dang <laughs> bit of magic going on inside. And they go in there and like immediately he can, uh, Tamis notices the smell of like rust, you know, like, like blood's been there. Um, and, you know, they kind of piece it all together that, um, you know, so, somebody came in there and killed them all and then cleaned it up to make it look like nothing had happened. And they can tell that bodies got dragged out the back. Yeah. So, and I think it's a leather gasket of an air rifle. That's, yeah. So, yeah. Which we find out later something interesting about air rifles, at least in the Ad- at least in the Adrian Army, but I don't know if that's connected here. Yeah. Um, I have but, that um, one as well, but I'm not, I'm not sure if the connection exists. Yeah. Um, so so then they decide to go see Ricky Teabags. Um, and this, uh, the fact that this location has been spoiled is like another nail in Ricky T's coffin because the only people who knew about 
the location of the training camp where the general staff of the army, so like the Holanskas, the Cats, yeah. um, the generals, and then um, I mean we know at this point that Holanska is a traitor, but Tamas doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and the council there, so Ricky would have Ricky Tees would have known uh, the proprietor oh, Andraus would have known. We know we know that, that that's one and the same, but Tamas doesn't. Yeah. Um, even in, in one of these chapters, he mentions Andraus and the proprietor, and say like he goes Ricky T, Andraus, and the proprietor, and I was like, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. Um, so yeah, so so then in chapter two, they they decide to go meet with Ricky, um, and he you know fills them in on what happened. Uh, he he doesn't really you know pussyfoot around about it. Um. And then, like, F- Fail doesn't know what's going on, so she tries to attack one of them. Is it Fail or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fail. Yeah. Sorry, I was chewing. Um, um, I just think it's funny. Like, you know, they, uh, Vlorik uh, knocks two guards unconscious out of the 20 that they witness guarding his warehouse. <laughs> so they yeah. think something's up, you know, because there's 20 guards. Yeah. Uh, Olam and Vlora go in and basically trap ricky in his office i like how we're not calling him rickard it's just straight ricky it's ricky um, teabags baby exactly um and then I, the whole time i'm thinking what where's fell what happened to fell like they had yeah. to have taken care of fell to get into this room right so tamas is in there i just think it's so funny she opens up the door and just like jumps on somebody like immediately and just yeah beats the shit out of all three of them god it was crazy she beats up Tamis, Vora, and Ola. Makes them look stupid. Stupid. Um, but you know they they get all that squared up though. You know they figured out what's what's happening. Uh, then she realizes it it, it is Field Marshal Tamis. Um, and but he you know he of course he wants to know what happened to Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's well he wants to know what happened to the city. He wants to know what happened to Daniel, and he explains that. I think Daniel. Uh, did he say? Did he think Daniel had been killed, or just taken prisoner by the chaos? Who, Ricky? Yeah. What does Ricky tell? Tannis? So, Ricky doesn't really volunteer this information because the whole thing comes out. Uh, like, Rickard tells him everything that happened with Claremont in the city, and he he could tell that Rickard wasn't lying about the training camp. He asks him yeah. that, but the last like couple paragraphs of the chapter like fell saying, "Oh, you didn't tell him because he mentions like what happened to my boy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she goes, "Well, uh, he went to the front, and uh, last we heard, he may have been strung up. Like he got captured and strung up. Oh yeah, immediately pulled down. So I forget it's what he says. The last sentence in the chapter though is, uh, "I'm going to go find my boy." Or uh, killed it was a funny way of saying it killed the person who uh killed him i think i think he said he was going to kill kresimir that's what it was yeah which that's not he said that at the end of promise of blood too and he still hadn't done it (laughs) i'm gonna Um, go find my boy and if he's not alive and well i'm gonna pull kresimir's guts out through his ass (laughs) dang um tam is gonna eat a big kres eat a big craze um so then we switched over to chapter three which i really liked these perspectives a little bit more than the tamis one like i like the tamis one like when they're searching through the school and everything and so chapter three starts um you got adamat nyla Bo, and uh oldrich and his men mm-hmm. um you know they're on their way to uh i mean the original idea is they're going to arrest cat for you know what profiting, you know the uh profiting off of the uh the war yeah, yeah. um they mentioned that uh they had to strong arm some judges to get an arrest warrant strong arm. and so Bo is counselor matthias and nyla <laughs> oh, yeah. is nyla is his secretary he is a lot so this whole thing is hinged on the fact that Bo is passing off as a lawyer 
and Nyla is his secretary. And that's how they're going to interface with the general staff. And Inspector Adamat is Inspector Adamat. Yeah. It was his, his role is the hardest role to pull off. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's some <laughs> bullshit. Like they get these, they get these uh, dang it, aliases. I can't words. They get I these aliases and Adamat's just sitting there. Hey, bro, I'm myself. There's a, I don't, this isn't, this isn't spoilery or anything. It's just funny. Um, there's a part in the Will of Time where Matt Cawthon, the like jokester of the three of them, of the three of the, of the bolt of the guys. Um, he is going somewhere and like, he's leading this, this group of people and he, and he creates this entire like backstory for everybody uh like he's like he's running a D campaign <laughs> and he's just like and and this one guy he's talking to is so dumb <laughs> he's like he's like all right so you're this guy you you left your aunt your aunt took care of you since you was a baby because your parents died but, but you left her to go seek out gold and the guy's like well, i wouldn't do that to my aunt well, i need to go back and stay with my aunt he's like the aunt's not real <laughs> like it's <laughs> made it up it's it's speaking uh, it's, it's funny speaking of D D, you know how i text you right when i started reading the book uh you can tell that tamas never played D. oh yeah i forgot about that i, did, I yeah, didn't catch what I, you meant i was gonna i was gonna tell you in the podcast and i was like he's got a habit of going off where none of his companions are he just runs you know we saw it <laughs> last time when uh gavril got taken he rode 40 miles by himself yeah. And uh, here he goes to Adipest without his army. Dude, I never Shoot. played a lick of D and D. And he he flew off, he flew off to the Kez side, take, taking the catacombs for no yeah, good reason. Exactly. So, Dude, but yeah, never played D and D a day no, in his life. No, not a day in his life. Um, Bastard. <laughs> but uh but yeah so they're you know they got these aliases they're heading down uh you know like i said to arrest general kit and uh they they stumble upon a camp which turns out to be a camp where helanska i believe is the is the is the superior officer and, and they find out they get there the, much sooner than they expect like yeah they weren't expecting to stop that early because like you see adam at nyla and Bo, they're in the uh carriage is that what it's called? Yeah, I think so. Um, and then they stop and they're like, well, why are we stopped? And it's because there's an army, I think about 30 miles some odd back further than they expected. Yeah. Cause they, they were, tr- they were trying to get to the front line and that, yeah. And they get, they get to an army and it's sooner than they expect. A couple um, of implications we didn't talk about. Assuming yeah. that this timeline is the same as Tamas's, yeah, we are now two weeks or three weeks removed. Was it three or was it two? Oh, I can't remember. It's two. two. Two weeks removed from if we're assuming that all these timelines are equal. We're two weeks removed from uh, when Daniel escaped. Okay. Um, and given that, uh. Tamas was told that by Ricky, the timelines probably aren't the same. They're probably a little bit behind, like Tamas is, um, because yeah. it takes a while for word to travel. So, but, you know, assuming that this timeline is the same as Daniel's, we're two weeks removed from uh, Kresimir, uh, Kresimir, or like Kresimir killing Mahali. Yeah, yeah. So that's not something that's an implication here you know that we hadn't discussed and uh it actually i don't think it's touched on until later but yeah, I don't, yeah so you're they're back in this camp and they're pushed back and so you know maybe you know the readers led to believe that krasimir has been pushing them back real hard or something like that yeah um but this is uh you know i think helanska is a superior officer but they find out that it's not necessarily the Kez that pushed them back, but that there's a rebellion happening, a civil war amongst the Adran army. And uh, Ket is actually the one leading the other side, Mm -hmm. which we know as the reader that Ket 
her as much in the wrong as she is. It's she, right? Kat's a she. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. As as much as um, she's in the wrong, um, she's also in the right in this particular instance, you know, for, but, for discrediting Helanska. But, uh, yeah, when they meet with Helanska, Helanska says that Kat is a traitor. Yeah. And so when she was accused as a traitor, she took two, two or three brigades with her. Mm-hmm. And so us knowing what we know, that this is definitely something contrived out of Helanska's mind. But Bo, Adam, yeah. and Nyla don't know that. Yeah. Um, and so and, Adam, uh, when he goes to talk to uh, Helanska, he notices some battle plans that Helanska kind of pushes off to the side real quick, covers from view. And then he notices that, or Adamat, you know, he's really good at picking up on ticks and stuff like that. He notices yeah. that Helanska is not telling him the whole truth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Helanska breaks it to Bo and Adamat that Daniel's dead. Bo doesn't take it poorly, uh, or Bo takes it very poorly. Yeah, oh yeah. And so, you know, Hel- Helanska doesn't know that this is Bo. He thinks he's a lawyer and like he just sits there and stops talking once he figures this out. Like, <laughs> and he seems so <laughs> shell shocked. Yeah, it, yeah, he, he definitely. Yeah, I, I liked the, the Adamant. I think when he was talking about how he could tell that Helanska wasn't telling all the truth, like the, I can't remember exactly how it was worded, but he, the way he could tell that he was telling some of the truth, but not all the truth was, mm-hmm. uh, was really cool. Yeah. Um, I love that. He had done it. He had done something like this before, before, but never to this extent. Yeah, and his knack is that he can remember everything. So, you know, he he only has to see something once. So those plans that he caught a glimpse of, you know, he pretty much knows them. And so, um, they make note of the uh, wings of Adam. You know, they're ten miles away. They're not part of the civil war. Yeah, they backed away. They were like, we're not going to be involved until that gets settled. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what, so I mean, there's a wrench thrown in there. I didn't expect that to happen. I didn't expect the Civil War to take place. I kind of just expected them to be there and Holanska had killed Ket and, you know, it was one big Kez force marching north. Oh, yeah. But I like this. I think this was good. I do too. So, uh, chapter four. Um, Nyla is sent, uh, you know, she's kind of sent around. At, she's she's asking about Daniel, because 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 Adamat kind of brings Bo back together and is like, hey, look, he wasn't te- Helanska wasn't telling us everything, mm-hmm. so there's a good chance that Daniel is still alive and he's going to need our help even more so than he did before. Right. Um, but so Nyla is, you know, she, she's going through stuff and she, um. She actually, she finds some records. I, I can't remember the details. Do you remember that exactly? How she she interacted with someone, a quartermaster? Yeah, she she goes to the quartermaster as Secretary Rosara. Uh huh. And um, which sounds a lot like the pretty eye from the first book. Yeah, which is funny because she brought up Roselia at the beginning of this chapter. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, she was like, she couldn't believe she was reminiscing on how she couldn't believe she was a privileged, and she said. I remember Rosalia seeing something, you know, taking special care of me. Maybe she saw something back then. Yeah. But she goes to the quartermaster and she uses a trick that she learned from Vetus where she pretended like she was supposed to be there and it ended up working. And she gets all the requisition orders for the army over like the last three months. The quartermaster goes, you know, that's a hundred pages, right? Or that's hundreds of pages. And, uh, she goes, well, uh, yeah, get to writing or something like that. Or do you have any scribes or something like that? Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, uh, she has this detailed record over the last like several months about uh, all the army's requisitions. And then she gets interrupted by two grenadiers walk in. Oh, yep. the quartermaster leaves and... Uh, to go to the bathroom, she says, and then she comes back, and there's these two large Adrian soldiers that she uh, are with her, and she says, that's her. Yeah. Yeah. Which they take her to Etan, which mm-hmm. it's interesting, I guess. I'm, I'm curious why Etan is with Alanska. Um, I guess maybe he foresaw 
that there needed to be someone not on Halanska's side in the camp to keep an eye on him, I guess. I don't know. Well, um, I don't think uh, it's very – I don't think it's known that Halanska's the traitor. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I guess Etan probably – well, see, but that's the thing, though. In this part, he kind of – he tells, you know, her not to trust Halanska. Um, yeah, so for this, th- and I think it's for the same reason that um, – adamant says that because oh because he came back with news that daniel had died and it was like he was telling the truth but not the whole truth yeah so so etan i guess doesn't really i guess etan doesn't trust alaska and, and then also probably thinks that cat is a traitor too maybe I, yeah, don't know. I think that's i think that is the case and i think etan here is a victim of his immobility yeah yeah that that is true um, but it's funny he he recognizes Bo. He's not fooled by Bo's, you know, mm-hmm. pretending to be a lawyer. Um, and uh, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, um, Nyla comes in and she he goes, "Well, how long have you been helping privileged Borbador?" And she goes, "Who? Hey, um, uh, privileged <laughs> Borbador? You know the guy who's prancing around as uh, Counselor Matt Matthias? Yeah, I grew up with him and Daniel. That's Bo. That's Bo. <laughs> but Bo, no." you know he knows um, but yeah so yeah he basically saying you know don't trust alaska um and um she goes back to the carriage and she's attacked and mm-hmm. she like melts this dude's face off and she's like her... shocked by it it's the first time she's killed somebody and she i'd be I don't know I if it's the first time she's killed somebody. I feel like she's killed somebody before, but I can't remember. But I think it uh, is. Yeah. Yeah. She's like she's like <laughs> traumatized. Is it, it, it it's at least the first time she's killed someone with her privileged powers. With literally her own hands. Yeah. Um and and uh Bo shows up and tells her, you know, that um Aldridge and his men have all been arrested. Yep. And that's in where the, the chapter time. ends. Yeah, so they set out to. They, well, not quite. They set out to. Uh, Nyla goes. Well, uh, we need to go save them, and he goes. Well, that would be suicide. We don't have any help, and she goes. Well, actually, and yeah. that's kind of where the chapter ends. She doesn't elaborate. Just says, actually, we do have help. So then we move on to chapter five, and uh, Adamat is captured like immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, three hours probably in the... after three hours of questioning, a provost comes in and just. Says Drew to come with me. Yeah, doesn't give him um, any option. And and Bo kind of like I mean not Bo. Uh, Adamat's kind of like you know being forceful. Like I you know do you know who I am? I'm on here with you know on business of Tamis or whatnot. So he just, also says you know I have a right you know to something to something you know it. He has a right to not be taken like this. And then the provost says, well yeah, but you're under military jurisdiction and we don't have to abide by that yeah yeah uh typical it's a typical trope in military whether it's military fantasy or military you know more like realism military uh that's a typical trope um and uh bo and nyla arrive to save him uh and the others eventually because they get taken he gets taken back to the carriage with all the with all of oldridge's men and, and he doesn't know that though he gets taken there by himself and he notices he's like i wonder where like he's talking in his head i wonder where everybody is and then mm-hmm. he shows up and to the stockade and sees all of Aldrich's men. And we yeah. find out that they all got rounded up kind of uh, individually yeah, or in small groups. So uh, they're able to escape and, um, and you know, Eton's, uh, Eton's there. Uh, and he, I think he's, he's, I think he says he's going to retire. So he's like leaving the ar- He's leaving the war. He's taking his, his men and leaving. Yeah, he's going back to Adipas to, I think, serve in an, another... No, yeah, he's retiring from the military. And so his honor guard is to take him back to Adipas and uh, Bo and Nyla inform Adamat and Aldrich's men that they are now part of Etan's honor guard. Yeah. Um, but then just before they're about to um, leave, I think Adamat says he wants to be introduced to, to Abrax. No, this is after like a whole night's worth of marching. and Adam, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the honor guard and Aldrich's men, you know, they're all military guys. So 
they're fine with like this really long like they, they like march straight through the night and Adamat uh, can't do it <laughs> and Adamat's like unable to do it you know and Aldrich's men are having more trouble than the Grenadiers but Adamat's like I can't do this anymore and so he gets into Etan's uh carriage with him Etan welcomes him in and then goes uh starts talking about the hopelessness of the situation and uh Etan's like, I've washed my hands of this. I'm going back to Adapest. And uh, yeah. Adamat says, you can't do that. Like, this is going to be the end of Adro. He's like, well, I'll do anything I can to help, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm going to Adapest. And yeah. he says, give me, and then he just comes up with an idea at the end of the chapter. And he says, give me a letter of introduction to Abrax, the uh, yeah. brigadier of the Wings of Adam. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's where, that's where five ends. All right, so chapter six, um, we switch over to Taniel and Capel, and they are hiding in the cliffs of this like mountainous valley region. It felt very Utah-ish to me, like mm-hmm. uh, the nat- the national parks in Utah. And the way he um, describes like the the topography is like he's at the tip of this like large valley. Yeah, and so he's a high point in this large valley, and so the only way to get around it is to go over the mountain which doesn't seem to be a possibility or go back down the valley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're, you know, they're being followed by Adran soldiers um, who um, uh, have air rifles. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he knows that yet, but, but we do. He finds it out really quickly. Like uh, he see, like we kind of get it in this perspective where he's apprehensive and he's watching these men that he's been watching for several days, get closer and closer, closer. Yeah. And uh They've gotten close enough now to where he can see that they have air rifles. And he decides to sneak into their camp at night. And um, he, you know, putting two and two together, the fact that they have air rifles tells him that they aren't there as friendlies. They're, they're there to do him harm, at least. They, and or it also capture. tells them that they're there for him. They're not there just doing random scouting. They're there for him. Yeah. And, and he, so he ends up bending all the rifles. And stealing some supplies that he that him and Capel need. Yeah, in the middle of the night, he incapacitates the sentries and renders their weapons useless. Um, before he does that, though, he goes back to the cave where Capel's hiding, and Capel looks exhausted. Yeah, yeah. The first time we've yeah. like seen Capel like seemingly injured. Um, yeah. But we find out that she has a doll of Kresimir that's just sitting on the floor of the cave, and she's not able to move. So we're assuming that she's probably doing something with Krasimir at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's working on that. And she so. can't move. She's basically signed to him, you know, I know that this is, you know, imminent, these soldiers, but I can't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, and then um, we move on to chapter seven, after, you know, after all the bending of the air rifles and such. That one was um, a pretty brief chapter. I liked it, though. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I liked the I like the his perspectives chapters too um, mm-hmm. so far in this book. And um, he's he's you know really bad for wear. You know this has been weeks since Kresimir, so he he's yeah. looking like Tom Hanks and Castaway, I think at this point. And Capel. <laughs> and is looking like Wilson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, big Chris is Big Chris is Wilson. Yeah, Big Chris is looking like Capel's the ocean. <laughs> um. So then chapter seven, uh, Nyla and Bo, uh, they watch, you know, they're watching the, the camp at night because, you know, they stayed back. Adam had an older. This and is men. my favorite scene in chapters one through 10. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? I liked it a lot. Uh, uh, they, uh, they, sorry, looked... I, I super interrupted you while you were describing the scene. Well, hey, so, hey, hey, listen, you, hey, why don't you describe it? You like it. You like it a lot. You go. Ahead nah, you, you go for it, baby. You, um, you set the stage. <laughs> well, they, uh, you know, they're like, they're watching the camp at night and uh, they just, they start looking into the else. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I think they're explaining it. I, it Bo's kind of explaining it to her. And I think that's why I liked it so much. We kind of get more exposition to the else yeah. and stuff like that and we find out that um you can actually see regular humans with a third eye yes um, yeah. they're just very very faint and so we also find out that the brighter you shine in the else is about your exposure to the else so yes. both shines like a christmas tree whereas 
um, Nyla probably doesn't show that much because she hasn't reached anything else. Yeah, I, I think yeah she's she's about as bright as a normal person because yeah. she just hasn't been exposed to it enough. Right, and so they're actually out in the field outside of the camp uh, with the uh, you know exploring the else to find uh, messengers. You know, yeah. if Holanska is dirty, you know, he's sending messengers somehow, some way to the Kez and vice versa. Yeah. And so, you know, they would be sending knacked people that can see in the dark or stuff like that, you know, and uh, yeah. especially trained people that could do this. And so mm-hmm. they're keeping an eye out for messengers because... And lo and behold. <laughs> yeah and it, it obviously is going to happen because a lot has happened in the day that they've been there you know they escaped yeah. and everything so there's going to be a message to the kez about this and yeah i'll let you take it from there well you know like you said they're looking out for messengers and then lo and behold a messenger arrives um um you know he, he's trying to carry a message from Halanska to the kez um and uh but it, but it's coded it's, it's coded um in a way where they can't read it um, and so they, you know, knowing that the camp for the wings of Adam is, you know, just a few miles off, uh, they decide to take it there to get decoded. And so I just think it's amusing that both Adam and Adam and Bo and Nyla are both on their way to the wings of Adam camp. So. Yeah. I, I didn't know how to think about that. Like, I was just like, they separated to then end up at the same place. It, it just, it felt weird because I was expecting them to get separate. I mean, I was thinking they were going to stay together. Like I was wanting them to stay together longer mm-hmm. and then they get separated. I'm like, Oh, here we go. But now they're going to be, you know, they're, they're kind of coming back in a way. Um, or that, that's what it feels like when the, if they're both heading to the wings of Adam camp. We also find out a little bit more in this uh, conversation. Sorry, I'm skipping back, but yeah, we yeah. do find out a more about privilege, you know, uh, how, uh, privileged have an elemental specialty basically you know and nyla's is probably is obviously fire yeah yeah uh, they wear their gloves you know because and each one of their fingers is one of their connections to the elements Mm -hmm. and um you know nyla goes well what's yours and Bo laughs because he says that's not something a privilege would ask another privilege it's bad yeah yeah it's because privilege don't give other privilege secrets because it's something that a privilege could use against another yeah an upper hand and uh Bo mentions that he doesn't actually show up in the else in this conversation because he learned from another privilege how to fold the else upon itself and so he can cover himself up from somebody's third eye yeah and he ends up telling her what his strength is because He's like, everybody knows me. My reputation precedes me, so they don't really need to. Uh, there's right. no point in me hiding mine. And that's what um, he was, another thing he was explaining, you know, after a privilege is, you know, basically high profile, you know, yeah. everybody knows certain things about them. So there's no yeah. sense keeping it. As cool as, as cool as this scene was, it feels like something we should have gotten in Promise of Blood. <laughs> You know? Yeah, I, I agree, but I do, I think this might have been the best setting for it to be explained, though. Yeah. Because we, we haven't really had chapters where privilege interact with other privilege. No, yeah, we haven't. And um, But it's just like, knowing how the finger stuff works, that would have been cool to know in Promise of Blood. But, I but I kind of do like finding it out now. So I'm kind of conflicted. Um, yeah, I felt the same way. I was like, this would have been cool to know earlier, but it makes sense. It fit here. Yeah. Um, so then we move on to chapter eight and, you know, Adamat and Aldridge and all them have, have gotten to the wings of Adam camp. Um, and he, there's, there's all this rigmarole. He's trying to get to, to Abrax and he finally gets there. And uh, to his surprise, not only does he, meet with app with a uh, brigadier abrax but lady lady w is there wenceslav is out and about yeah old um, King wenceslas's wife is there we hadn't seen her we hadn't like actually had her in in like a not a pov but she has she wasn't in she hasn't the even been in the room like in a scene yeah 
yeah, shit's been in a scene since the since Promise of Blood, and like halfway through Promise of Blood. Um, but uh, but he gets there explaining what's going on. Hey, there's this rebellion, or they kind of know the rebellion, but he explains that he believes that it is uh Holanska that is actually uh I don't know if he actually explicitly says that Holanska is a traitor, but he is sending messages to the Kevs. Mm-hmm. So maybe he does explicitly say it. Um but uh he, you know he suggests that they well, uh, he uses the battle plans. He says I saw his battle plans and his battle plans are yeah. set up as uh an obvious attack on Ket's troops with the Kevs. So he uses his you know perfect memory. Yeah here in this situation yeah. to say that i believe you know that holanska is the traitor because ket is the one being cornered here by the kez and holanska's forces yeah. and and you know he he you know of course the wings of adam said they're, they're they're staying out of this but he proposes that they uh let all of ket's men into the wings of adam temporarily at least so that they so that forces them into the you know to not i guess break the rule and it forces him to get involved um and another thing we find out or abrax doesn't believe that taniel's dead and she says to uh she says two shot isn't dead yeah to Adamat. yeah um no one's seen the body um before kresmir and mahali and uh Adamat finds out here that mahali died as well yeah yeah um and uh but abrax doesn't really she doesn't really take kindly to that idea of letting Kit's men join. But then uh, Lady Winston looks like, oh, you sit down, have some breakfast, tell me more. So yeah, she's I, interested. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Abrax is in the middle of like being like, no, nah, no, nah, we're not going to do this. And, you know, Wenceslav, you know, interrupts and says, tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me lies. Tell me sweet little lies. Um, tell me lies. Tell me sweet little lies. Oh, yeah. Um, so chapter nine uh Daniel we, we go back to Daniel and he's watching as that camp you know that he raided the night before um you know watches them as they wake um and you know that's kind of funny him watching them seeing them react to the fact that somebody come in there and busted up all the mayor rifles and whatnot mm-hmm. um and they can assume but, who it is oh yeah they know now they're like oh well we know we know who's around <laughs> so he kind of showed his hand but he didn't know, you know, hindsight's 2020. He didn't know what was about to happen after that. Right. Um, but he also kind of needed to. He took that was his best chance to survive, was doing yeah. that right there. But but I'm wondering if he had waited a day, you know, would have well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. After the camp wakes up, he goes back to where they're, you know, their little cave. And um, and he finds, you know, Capel has completed her work on, you know, the doll of Chrismere um but you know she has trapped him so that he can't move wherever so i'm guessing wherever he he is at in in reality in in the physical form he cannot be he's he can't move we're led to believe that we don't really know i don't think it's explicitly stated no um she's he just says you're controlling a god and i mean it stayed stationary and she's like built a little cage or something for it yeah um but then you know taniel is kind of you know he's he's dead tired for you know staying up all night and so he he sleeps while capel yeah I, I don't know if she's putting a ward on him or if she's trying to heal him of some sort uh but he wakes up and she's doing something weird with him mm-hmm. like, like like she put like some used her blood and like yeah basically like uh you know how football players put tar marks under their eyes yeah yeah i did that with him yeah um so I'm assuming it's a ward mm-hmm. of some kind. Um, At first, I thought you said wart, and I'm like, freaking gross. <laughs> I mean, it could be that you know, Savage. sexual transmitted diseases are a bitch. Savage, um, nasty ass. <laughs> um, we also find out that Paul doesn't really understand her magic. She's just no, yeah, it. like she doesn't like she's doing what she thinks is supposed to be done. She's figuring it out, all this out, you know, on the fly. Which is weird because I I assumed this whole time that she was this wealth of knowledge, but she couldn't express it because she's a mute. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I thought that's what was kind of interesting about her. So I'm I'm kind of conflicted. I, I keep saying that a lot in these chapters. Yeah. Confliction is a big thing in this book so far. Um, 
but I kind of wish she was a wealth of knowledge. I, I kind of don't like that she's winging it, but it, it's not a it's also, not a killer. It also doesn't say that she's completely winging it. It says more specifically this part. Yeah, she just doesn't know what she's doing. Right. So, or, or, or at least she doesn't know how to explain what the. It's kind of like you know knowing gravity, but but not being able to explain how gravity works. Right. You know. So I, I guess I guess that's that's not as bad, but still, I kind of wanted her to be like this. I kind of wanted her to be like everything that what she was doing, you know, and yeah, because she still has that flaw, you know, like like. It's especially that that um that dichotomy of having a wealth of knowledge but not being able to share it that i thought that was interesting like a gandalf that can't speak like that's yeah. cool that's cool but um but here we but, find but, but, out she's a harry potter who can't speak oh um <laughs> <laughs> uh the the girl who lived um but hey, hey uh so Daniel, decides to go back to check on the camp that he raided and um more like this huge army has arrived no he Massive. follows he follows them down like they they oh they, they had moved a little bit they move down and he follows them down for like an hour or so and they meet yeah. an entire i think it's two brigades it's like yeah a big, yeah a big group yeah so that's what i was saying like if he had waited to do what he did well, I, would, I don't know if they would have went back to them or not. So I don't know. I, I guess don't know he did what he, he had to do. I, I had that thought too. I just don't think he could have. No. Considering how quickly right. he got back to his cave from when he did all that. Like, yeah. I think if he had waited a day or waited, you know, until they woke up in the morning, he would have been faced with 15 people with air rifles at the, yeah, at the cave. Right. Um, but uh but they you know they, they start marching toward where they are mm-hmm. um and he runs and so, back to the cave and says uh you know if we stay here we die yeah but she's saying you know that chrismer can't be moved he she physically can't be moving him right now yeah and she needs um, more time yeah uh so then we go to chapter 10 and um nyla and Bo arrive at the wings of adam camp and uh very similar to the Adamant chapter, uh, they're able to get in there and meet with Lady Wimps, um, and and they're able to get that message decoded. And apparently, um, Bo and uh, Lady Wimps go way oh, back. Oh yeah, they're, they're buds. Yeah, they they uh, it was weird. It was it didn't uh, seem completely were, plutonic. No, and, and and I think uh, I can't remember if it was Bo or Lady Wimps who who recognized what nyla was feeling like she was thinking about that and like one of them looked at her kind of like they they knew what she was thinking because she was blushing mm-hmm. um and so it was cool it was cool to see Bo and winston's lab kind of act that way um uh but yeah they get that message decoded and it is that is what is true helanska is working with the kez um and you know they um uh it was kind of weird because it um is this the part where uh lady Winston's left kind of freaks out because she had just sent Adamat and her and her army to them yeah but she kind of freaks out because, but she kind of already knew that because because Adamat said that right yeah i didn't quite understand this like her finding out it was fact made her kind of freak out yeah so it's like she almost it to me it makes it sound like she let adamat do that um just on a whim you know kind of half not expecting adamat to be maybe she had an ulterior motive she was by letting the that army into the wings of adam she gained more wings of adam soldiers she wasn't gonna let him leave um so she i don't know maybe maybe she had some i think no i think what it was is they didn't have as much time as they thought they did ah that's right that's right that's what it was i think that's what it was um they didn't have time to make it to ket's camp bring them in and get them back to the wings camp so by the time they get there they're going to be in in the middle of the massacre Mm -hmm. 
Um, so they start marching, you know. So the, whoever's left in the camp and Bo and Nyla and Lady Lady W, they head on down, uh, trying to trying to assist when this happens. Um, and on on the ride down there, Nyla is reading over those uh, requisitions that she got from the quartermaster, and she notices that Daniel is the one who signed off on ordering all the air rifles because there had been a kind of a rule that had been put in place by Tam, by Tamas. Yeah, yeah, officers have to have signed off on an air rifle request. But I think and, it's specifically powder mages have, have to sign off, right? Oh, was it? I thought that's what it was because, uh, since since air rifles are oh, you know, dangerous to powder mages. <laughs> Let's see here. I thought that's what he said. Because I think that's why Taniel was the one that did it. Because Taniel, I guess he's an officer, but he was a captain. I, I'll look into it. You keep going. Um, but yeah, so he so he ordered you know those air rifles to be released because Taniel had had kind of cap had acquired all of them, and like you said, e- either an officer's approval or a powder mage's approval, one or the other, had to happen for them to be. Uh, requested or accessed um and so um but but the weird thing about that is it's Daniel's signature but it's it was like two days after he supposedly went missing yep and so Bo kind of figures it out rifles is the number do I it was 300 uh air rifles and uh Nyla remembers when she was Tamas's laundress all air rifles and adro had to had been locked up in an armory and only a powder mage could order them. Okay. Yeah. So you're right. So but again, okay. Well, I'm gonna come back to what you just said. Um, but Bo figures out what's up. And so he leaves Nyla with Lady W, you know, heading to go save Taniel. So we kind of split up again. Like, you know, we got Adam at and I think Brigadier Abrax and most of the wings Adam heading to the the to the uh cats people to kind of intercept there but they think that they have more time than they do and you got lady w and nyla and the rest of the camp trying to get there to help because they know that they don't have as much time as they do and then Bo realizes that um realizes what's going on with the with the air rifles that taniel is not dead he's missing and some and a whole and group knew, is after them they knew that uh through the interviewing and the short time in the camp they were at, they knew that a couple of brigades had went up into the mountains, and it didn't make enough sense as to three, why. Enough for three hundred rifles. Mm-hmm. I think he puts the two together. Um, so he's, you know, he's going to try to head that off and help save Daniel. I think it's funny um, what he does though. He uh, gets two horses, mm-hmm. and Nyla goes, "Oh yeah, well, what's the second horse for?" And he goes. Well, it's for when the this one uh, collapses underneath me. I can hop on this one. Yeah, which didn't make sense to, which doesn't make sense to me. Think about it. If the other horse is riding as fast as the other one, wouldn't it be just as tired as? I thought that, but then you have to add the added weight of Bo on the horse, so the other horse won't be as tired, but it's still going to be pretty tired. Yeah. But I, I guess the added weight, he's he's thinking that added weight makes a day's worth of difference. I don't know. Something like that. But I was like, I don't know if I agree with it. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. <laughs> that science there. But uh, yeah, because Nyla thinks that she's going with him because he grabs yeah. two horses. Um, but but I was going to bring this up real quick. Um, this is another aspect of how Nyla being there is, uh, you know, plot convenience for everything. Yeah. Because the fact, you know, she... She was very, it was convenient for her to be there in the last book because, you know, she happened to know this thing about Duke uh, Budasek or whatever and all this stuff uh, when they went to get the 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 proof that they needed to arrest Kat. Good old you know, Duke Budasek. Duke Budasek. Um, but now she's convenient because she was happened to be working for Daniel when he did this thing. So it's kind of like Nyla is like the pin that kind of almost breaks a lot of the story for me sometimes because it's like you're you're just way too convenient right now one thing i will say is that her presence here makes way more sense than it did at duke elderman's house 
yeah yeah like it just well, seemed like she was hastily thrown into that situation there now we have some you know precedent for her being in the situation yeah yeah so i mean it, it, like it's not a it's not a killer it's not a story killer it's just again every time that i take every time i read something and i think well that does this and i'm not in the story anymore that's that's a negative it, it can't be anything other than a negative you know um it, the job as an author is to take you to a world and you stay in that world now granted when you take a step back from the book you know uh whether you know you read five chapters and you take a break and you're digesting it or you read a whole book and you digest it then you know there's supposed to be some kind of resonance there that kind of you know hopefully if it's a really good book you could take from it and learn from it whatever um but when you're in the middle of reading a, of a chapter and something happens that makes you leave the world that's not good whatever it is that's not good in so, my opinion that's me that didn't cause me to do that but i'm not as uh i'm not looking for that i feel like as much as you are maybe not well i, I will say this i a lot of times i don't catch it in the moment so it pulled me out a little bit, but then reflecting on it later, it it's like it gets highlighted more. And, gotcha. and so like if I had read that chapter and then we immediately started recording, I probably wouldn't bring this up. Gotcha. But the more I've reflected on it, the more I'm like, well, hey, that kind of, you know, whatever. It, it, like I said, it still pulled me out, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like attack it so much, I guess. But, I but yeah, you're, pro you're, you're probably right. I, I probably am looking at it, looking for that kind of stuff a little bit more. Um, it's kind of my problem with like movies, you know, like I'll, I'll sit down and start watching a movie and immediately I'm like, okay, what is the, what is the cinematographer doing with the camera here? Like, just cause I love cinematography. I'm thinking about how are they making that work more than mm -hmm. I am uh, being transported into the world. And I have to remember, like, especially if it's a movie I kind of already know I'm going to like, I need to like shut that off and enjoy the movie first. And then if I enjoy it, come back later and then dissect it with that cinematography lens. And I guess I also, have a, here. I also have a pretty big habit of turning my brain off when I'm consuming like yeah. media, uh, whether yeah. it be movie or book, whatever. And that might be one of the things that makes it difficult for me to remember stuff. Yeah. Is that like when I'm sitting there enjoying it, I tend, like I'm thinking about it, you know, I'm reading it and I can tell you what happens, but I'm looking at everything just as it is. Yeah, exactly. At, at face value. Yeah, I, I and, and I, I'm, I'm a little bit more that way than I appear to be when we do this, when we do these recordings. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, it's, it's coming back and reflecting back on it in the process of going over the chapters these things start to kind of rise to the top and i notice them more than i did uh when i was reading um but but overall 10 10 solid chapters uh only two of them were were tamas the first two um so first two, worst two well i think the the chapter two was probably the worst chapter Agreed. But chapter one was still had was that pretty training good. camp. I thought that was yeah. cool. This the scene in the training camp. It had such a spooky vibe to it. Um, but definitely his second one was them meeting Ricky. It was just a boring chapter. Yeah. Um everything else was solid. Uh everything with Adamat, Bo, Nyla, Daniel, Capel. Um, really solid, solid book, solid starting off, you know. Um yeah, it's yeah, got me it's all positive. It got me, it got me wanting to read more uh any predictions or any thoughts uh one thing i will say is what you were just talking about i have been doing that more now that we've kind of been looking at these books together yeah. which is uh one thing i'm going to bring up as far as a prediction goes because i thought of this as i was reading okay i'll let you start though uh predictions for the whole book or just the next set of chapters just, just for next set of chapters you know what do you think um, how do you think this is going to play out in the short i run? mean I'm thinking um my I guess I guess anyway because the thing I might be saying is might might potentially be long term for the book. Okay. So um I mean so 
I'm assuming that Taniel, so Taniel, or I mean, Tannis was in Adipest, um, you know, and, but, and I guess his, his reasons there were the Claremont business, but now I think his, his stuff has been shifted to Taniel. So I, I got a feeling he'll try to leave, but then something will corral him to stay. Okay. So, so he will start to try to head to the battle line, the, the front lines, but I think he he won't ever make it. I think something's going to keep him in Uh I don't know. It'll be some kind of confrontation with Claremont. I also feel like he should, like his army's yeah. coming. Yeah, I I, I I at least think he should at least leave Laura and Olam, or at least mm-hmm. Laura, to command the army if he's going to go after Taniel. Yeah. Um, or it or if he wants to stay, send Laura and Olam after Taniel, one or the other. He, he, he does need to do something about Daniel because he's unaware that Bo's going after him as far as I know. Yeah. Um, and then I, I got a feeling that everything's going to kind of converge at uh, the Kez army. There's going to be something. I, I don't know exactly what uh, part of me thinks Etan may come back. He is may have been a, a, a ruse. He's going to get some help some way, somehow. Maybe Etan meets up with Taniel, uh, Tamis in Adipest. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got a feeling Bo, I don't know how, but Bo and Taniel are going to meet up and somehow escape whatever army they got going. But I don't, I haven't really thought of anything particular though. Like, but I, I got a feeling that's kind of where this is all going to lead, at least so, for the first, the next few chapters. I agree with that. I, I agree with a lot of that. Um, another thing is, uh, you got to think like the war is not actually not the main plot. The main plot is Adro and, uh, how all the, uh, the Royal Cabal was killed and the setting up of a new government system in Adro. Mm -hmm. That's actually the main plot. The war is just like happened as a result. Mm -hmm. And so I'm basing this off the name of the book. Um, you know, I think that the war has to end in pretty short term because I think a lot of the book should be is is going to be about um, finally setting up that government. You know, because we've got to talk about Claremont, we've got to talk about uh, you know what's happening in Adipus. So I feel like the stuff in near Kez is going to resolve itself sooner than later okay um but what i was talking about a second ago where i was thinking about this um what took me out of the moment was uh lady wenceslaw i didn't it seemed random that she showed up after all this time and we know that vetus met with her and we know that claremont has taken adipest i think it's just really opportune for it's really it's really coincidental that Claremont has done that and Lady Wenceslav is back. Yeah, because so I don't know if there's an ulterior motive to that, but like that's like it seems a little suspect. And I might, you know, it might just be reading into it. I'm it might just be what it is at face value, you know, she's just back. Well, you know, when we last left off with her before we found out her and you know Vetus was trying to meet meet up with her and stuff. She was kind of bedridden, it seemed like, because of mm-hmm. the loss, uh, you know, because she was betrayed and all that stuff. Um, so, you know, yeah, to her, for her to show up all of a sudden, it is kind of interesting. Um, it didn't necessarily take me out. It was kind of one of those like weird kind of like wrench surprises that I was it like, didn't oh. take me out, but it didn't it didn't make me read it at face value. Yeah, it made you want to want to know more. Like maybe you know, maybe there's an ulterior motive there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I hadn't even thought about you know what you what you said about the Autumn Republic. You know, and that's what this book is probably going to be more focused about. Yeah, because I guess if you break it up, and if, if that theory holds true, the first book is predominantly about the coup, and then the second book is about the war, and then the third book presumably would be you know setting up the government um i did accidentally <laughs> looking for like a, a detailed chapter summary to help us 
one little thing got spoiled for me and it's for me i'm not gonna spoil it for anybody uh it has nothing i'll tell you when we get to it uh when it happens i don't even know when it happens i don't know what the circumstances are but i know something i know something and it's (laughs) it's in regards to what you're talking about i know something gotcha Uh, which is not what i'm not even gonna say anything i'm gonna from from every episode from here on until that happens i'm i'm gonna talk as if i don't know that (laughs) sounds good to get my call how dare you you. how dare you cough you piece of crap we'll get my call are you good with numbers can you count my teeth um i can count to to 12 12 uh (laughs) one seven uh three Two, uh, Alelbin. All right, do what? Uh, well, yeah. So that was the first ten chapters of the Autumn Republic with your boys Patrick and Billy Peppers. Um, and you know, like I said, I think they were good ones. I hope, I hope y'all enjoyed them. Uh, and um, we'll be back. Um, oh, I should have had it pulled up. You know, I'm failing on my duties. I've been uh, failing lately. You know my duties um i need to tell y'all what chapters we're going to be reading next you know baby uh 11 through 37 okay and the and the episode's gonna be six and a half hours long okay uh it is actually gonna be chapters uh 11 through 19 so another another long stretch um these so, chapters you know, were short though like we're talking like chapters one through ten was like 67 60 70 pages yeah wasn't long wasn't long at all so uh it's still looking like it's going to be a six episode uh book uh based on my projections um so the based first on my was, calculations <laughs> matter of fact um uh but yeah yeah so yeah come back next week for chapters 11 through 19 of the autumn republic and until then happy reading